Hello, Masterpiece Women. Welcome back to the Masterpiece Women podcast. I'm Tina Raines. For those of you who haven't met me yet, I'm excited to be here with you. And I have a great special guest. She has the uh, program called For Better Forever. And I love that. And she and her husband have a great ministry that are building up couples, giving them tools to really stay connected, have a valuable marriage and a thriving marriage. And so Anne Visser is with us today. And thank you, Anne, for being with us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, Tina, for the privilege of being here on the Masterpiece of Women podcast. I'm really excited to be here with you. I, I love talking about marriage and everything about healthy relationships. So I'm here and uh, I can't wait to, to share what, what we've learned in 41 years, will be 42 years this summer in June. So, so it's coming up soon. I love that. Well, and what one of the exciting things I always love is when I'm connecting with my colleagues with the John Maxwell leadership team. So Ann Visser is a coach with John, the John Maxwell team as well, and has been intricately involved actually in the program. And so I just love, love connecting with like-minded people that have a passion to change the world and make things happen. And so I would love for you to share your story Anne, and share how you started for better forever and how that came about. And today we're specifically talking about leadership and how valuable it is to keep your marriage thriving as a great leader. You want to also put just as much importance and value and emphasis on having a healthy marriage. So I would love for you to share how you, what God led you. How did, how did he lead you there? So I met my husband in high school and actually I met him the summer before my grade 10 year, Tina, and I was head over heels and I just wanted to date. So I pursued him and I wrote him notes in school. I <laughs> and then, that. You go girl. <laughs> I did shamelessly. And then two years later, <laughs> Two years later, we married. And then, uh, you know, I still remember the photographer saying, I've never seen a couple look at each other the way the two of you look at each other. That's what he said. I still remember that day. It was just such a special day. And then we had um, that, that I was, I was pregnant the, the month after we were married and very, very sick. And I spent the first months of our marriage on the couch. <laughs> it's very oh. sick. And my husband, he was learning to farm and there were challenges in farming, but there were challenges in the relationship that he had with his dad as well. And so he would come home uh, just exhausted from work. And of course he came home to a sick wife and neither of us really knew how to communicate what was happening inside of us. And then we had five children in six years, Tina. Wow. You beat me girl. I had four, (laughs) but I took a long time to have them. And so that culminated in, uh, we were sitting outside of, we were sitting in our farm truck outside our favorite restaurant. It was supposed to be a date. And I looked at him and I said, I can't do this anymore. And he looked at me and he said, what do you mean you can't do this anymore? And I said, I can't do marriage like this anymore. I said, we just keep hurting each other. We're not resolving anything. We just go around and around the same old thing. And I said, I'm so tired and I'm so hurt. And he heard me. 
he heard my heart that night. And then for the first time in a long time, he shared his heart with me. And I hadn't even seen his pain because I was so wrapped up in my own. But that night we recommitted to each other. We would get the help that we needed in order to get well. And the lessons that I learned and that we learned together along the way, as we applied those lessons, Dr. Gary Smalley was our very first marriage mentor. And as we applied the lessons that he was teaching us about communication and about conflict resolution, we fell in love again. And then I we looked at each, <laughs> we looked at each other and we said, we can't, we can't keep this to ourselves. We have to share this with other couples. And I began working with women one-on-one and that real pivotal conversation that we had, it put us on this personal growth journey. I needed to change from the inside out. He needed to change from the inside out. And then we started to sow those seeds of health and, and take away that criticism and discontentment that we were feeling in our marriage. And as we did, we really did. We fell in love again. Now it was a lot of work. I don't want to I don't want to romanticize what we did. It was a lot of work. We had, we had a lot of lies and misconceptions that we believed about marriage. I just thought it was going to happen. I didn't think we'd have to work at it. <laughs> I was in love with this guy, but we had this creeping separateness that came into our marriage and we needed to, to, to learn how to draw closer together and how to cultivate that love that we have for each other. Wow. I love your story because that is a story of, I'd say 85, 90% of the women that I speak to on a daily basis about their marriage. And, you know, as leaders, oftentimes women end up putting, and I say women, I think men do too, but because I'm so focused on helping women, they put so much emphasis on their business and their career because they almost feel like, okay, that I can control that I can fix. I can build a business. I can build a career, but I don't know how to fix this marriage and I'm lost. And when they finally come to that realization and my, as I shared with you earlier, my husband and I coach a marriage retreat twice a year and we see that. And it's even, you know, people oftentimes don't get help because they're the, they're very strong Christians. And there's almost this shame of saying, we're struggling, I'm hurting, and I need help here, or we're going to just get a divorce. And there's almost less shame in just saying, well, we decide we're getting a divorce. Um, And they just leave. And I'm divorced personally. And I can tell you, having walked through the pain of that, I would not recommend it to anybody. And the grass is never greener on the other side. And marriage is work. And I've been happily married, remarried. I was single for almost 15 years. And for the last four in the first couple of years, I was like, Lord, this is a lot of work. Like I, and I love him. He's a great man and blah, 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 but oh my word. And it, I was so disillusioned initially and then realized this is just normal. You know, when I started talking to all my, my married friends, this is just normal. It's work. And it's quit thinking about yourself. Start thinking about what his needs are. And it's amazing what happens. <laughs> well, I, I love that you said that this is work. I remember I worked with a, a young couple in pre-marriage, getting them ready for marriage. And then we see them. I like to see them two, twice after they've been married, just to check in. We say if we can make a connection in those first five meetings that we have, and then the next two meetings, we'll hear the real story. And so because we're disillusioned when we're in love, <laughs> 
<laughs> and we're not always clear thinking. And so, but anyway, this beautiful couple, I said to him, what was the biggest surprise in your first three months of marriage? And he looked at me and he said, I'm surprised how much thinking it takes that I have to think about this other person all the time and everything. I, I'm surprised at how much thinking it takes to be married. And I love that about him. It was a real beautiful, genuine answer from him. And they're together and they're thriving with their family. And I think that pre-marriage and then working together at our marriages is just so incredibly helpful to have a strong and healthy marriage, whether we're in business or not. And I think you're right that so many couples, you know, were disappointed in our marriages or we're in difficult marriages where we have circumstances that stretch us. So whether it's difficult in-laws or maybe somebody's lost a job or, or maybe it's just that maybe it's that there's illness in the family. Or perhaps you've lost a parent. I have seen couples lose one of their parents, and it has been so incredibly challenging as they walk through that grief. And if the other partner does not understand that grief, and that creates that separateness that I talked about earlier. And so, but there, it is possible to maintain that healthy relationship while we work through those difficulties. And what are some of the key points that your husband and yourself the two of you work on with your couples when they are married. And um, I would love for you to share just a couple of your secrets, because I know you have some great secrets. I saw your website, <laughs> ladies, you'll have to check out her website. Absolutely. So I primarily work with women, but I also do work with, with men. And one of the secrets that I know is that um, first of all, entrepreneurs are busy people. And I believe most of many of your audience, they're entrepreneurial women, and that there is a way to maintain that closeness and connection. And Dr. John Gottman talks about happy couples and how happy couples, they invest in their love and they invest in their love by the time that they spend together. And I was really amazed at how much time it was in the fact that it wasn't as much as I would have thought, Tina. So he breaks it down into five areas. He talks about the parting saying goodbye how often is it we let the person leave the house and we don't actually you know take that two minutes to say have a good day true, if, true right but if it's five work days and it's two minutes a day at the end of the day at the end of the week you've got 10 minutes 10 minutes in a week then he talks about the greetings where you're debriefing together you know how was your day what happened in your day today one of the exercises that my husband and I love to do when we teach we teach all of our couples this is the high-low appreciation exercise. So at the end of the day, we ask each other, what was the high point of your day? What was the low point of your day? I'm hoping that I'm not the low point of his day, but sometimes <laughs> I am. <laughs> the low point was when um, you weren't very nice to me. <laughs> we never so do that, right? And we never <laughs> do that. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, I am definitely guilty by times. And so is he, by the way. <laughs> this is a mutual thing. And that's one of the things about healthy relationships. They're mutual, right? But those greetings at the end of the day, then we also ask, we finish with what was the high, what was the, what do you appreciate about me today? And then one of our young couples added to that. What was your God moment? Mm, I like that. I love God moment of day. The third the third way we spend time together is giving our appreciation and admiration. You know, I used to, I still remember we were driving into the mountains of Banff and we, I was reading his needs, her needs to him and identifying what his needs were and what my needs were. And he said to me, I love appreciation. I don't feel like you appreciate me. And I was like, 
what? How, how is that even possible? Like, I feel it. And he said, yeah, but I don't know it. And I was like, oh yeah, you don't know it because I don't tell you. Mm, we need to right. tell each other. We need to tell each It has to come out of our mouth. You know, what I really appreciate about you today is that you, how you took our son and you, you spent some time with him today playing ball, whatever it is, it's really important to speak it out of our mouth the next one is affection, you know, whether, whether it's a touch as you're going by the kit, as you're going through the kitchen or whether it's a, you know, a pat in the bum or whether it's a tap on the shoulder or whether it's a kiss or a hug, I think affection, I think we need touch so badly. That touch is so, such a powerful way to connect. And if we would touch five minutes a day, but if you take that seven days a week, that's 35 minutes in a day, in a week. Wow. Then you give us the weekly dates. I love day dates, Tina. They're my favorite day dates. I would much rather go out geocaching or go to the beach or uh, just spend some time hiking. And then if we had two hours a week in a date of some type, maybe you're getting dressed up and going out. It does not matter. It's that you have that time to connect because um, I teach a program called um, How to Avoid Falling for a Jerk to Singles getting ready for dating. That's a great title. I love that. It's I led the singles at my church for many years. And that I should have, I wish I'd have known you then because I'd have had you come speak to the ladies. (laughs) It's been written by Dr. John Van Epp and it's a fantastic program. And he talks about what we need to get to know each other, but that never changes in marriage either. We need time. We need to talk and we need to be together in different circumstances. And that never, the knowing in marriage never stops. There's always more to know about each other or to stay in the know about each other. I think often when couples say we fell out of love, they, they fall out of the know. I don't know you anymore. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's happening in your head because you're not talking to me or maybe I'm not listening to you. <laughs> exactly. That is right? so true. So those are there, Dr. John Gottman calls the magic hours. He calls the magic hours because they work. When we spend time connecting with each other, it helps us to connect. And whether we're, whether we're in business or not, we can take five minutes out of the day, you know, to reconnect. We can take two minutes out of the day to say goodbye. Have a great day. I'm thinking about you today. I'm praying for you today. We can take those moments just to reconnect or to connect and to remind each other, you know, you're my best friend. I love you. Mm, I love that. And I love how when you really add those together, I was writing them down going, those really don't add up to a huge amount of time, but what a huge impact. You know, oftentimes we think that something has to have this monumental amount of time in order to be impactful, but that's not necessarily true. And, And this is a perfect example of that, how valuable even the short periods of time we can make them, how impactful we can make them for each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that attitude, you and I were, we're John Maxwell followers, but I cannot say how big attitude is in marriage, you know, to be able to maintain a healthy attitude uh, toward our partner is so incredibly important. Um, Dr. John Van Epp says, you know, you can live with the partner in your head or the person, the partner in your, in, in your heart. Mm. Now they're not always the same. And that depends on attitude, right? 
I remember, yeah. And I remember a day when Malis brought me home flowers and my first thought, Tina, the first thought out of my, out of my, in my head was, what does he want from me now? Yep. <laughs> like, what did he do wrong? <laughs> and it was like, I, I felt like I was looking behind me, like, where did that thought come from? That is, what is going on with you, Anne? This is not a good thought. Because I recognized he could do the sweetest, kindest thing for me. And I was suspecting his motives. Absolutely. And that's where I think in everything in our lives, that brokenness at that we have unresolved issues oftentimes that we bring to the table as married women, the unforgiveness, the insecurities. And I think especially in newlyweds, having just been one myself, the enemy's always going to try to find those triggers. He's always going to try to find some way to get you. And I look at when I first got married and Every trigger I had worked on for decades from my childhood abuse surfaced and I was manifesting them on my husband and unfairly like throwing him in jail for a minor, you know, um, parking violation, as he would say, he's like, honey, it's like, I just um, parked in the wrong spot and I just got thrown in the penitentiary for 20 years. I'm like, oh, sorry, (laughs) you know. But you just don't realize. And I think stopping and thinking about the other person and really holding our thoughts captive, we learn it in every area of our lives. We learn it in leadership. We learn it in positive, you know, in positively in, you know, in our teaching. And it was interesting because John Maxwell and um, Paul Martinelli did the Think and Grow Rich program with the biblical application. And I licensed it and I was actually teaching it. And as I was teaching the class, the Lord convicted me in my marriage in the auto suggestion and holding my thoughts captive of, wait a minute, but you're not holding your thoughts captive. You're letting them run wild where he's concerned. And I had to just really go, oh, wow. You just, you have to pay attention. You have to be intentional to pay attention to your thoughts, your motives, and how are you responding? And how are you receiving? And if you're not receiving well, like you just described, Anne, why? And then go back and deal with that. And that I think that's normal, though. Some people think, oh, there must be something wrong with me. And oh, I'm bad, or I'm not as strong a Christian as that. No, there's always going to be something God's going to reveal a layer here, reveal. Somebody said in one of our programs that we coach, she said, you know, God didn't make marriage to make you happy. God made marriage to make you holy. And it was a pivotal moment for me to go, oh, wow. So if I'm really treating my marriage as I would want to treat my relationship with Christ, I need to revamp my thinking. And I think that's pretty common, don't you? I think that marriage is like a mirror and I get to see the real me and more of the real me. And I think it's opportunity. I always put that in air quotes for my people. It's (laughs) opportunity to grow because I get to work on those things. And when I, that came out of my head, I didn't, it didn't actually come out of my mouth, but when I thought, what does he want from me now? I recognize the contempt in that line and contempt is destructive in, in marriage. It's one of the high predictors of divorce actually. And I recognize I have a problem. This is not the partner 
in my heart. This is the partner in my head. This is not about him. This is about me and my attitude. I started to pray, Tina, and I said, Lord, you know, I need help here. What, like, how can we deal with this? And I felt he was asked, calling me to write everything good about your husband. And so I wanted to obey Tina, but honestly, I was resistant. <laughs> so I took this little post-it note because <laughs> I knew I wouldn't have much to say, but I was in a bad place, bad attitude, bad place, contempt. I took the little post-it note and I started to write everything that was good about him. And I had more to write than I realized, flip the page, more to write than I realized. I took that post-it note and I put it in a place where I could read it every day. Mm, I and love then that. about a month later, I'm reading all these good things about him every day. And about a month later, he called home. He said, I'm going to be late. And he hung up the phone. And I thought, he never does that. That's very strange. I thought, you must be having a really bad day today. And I was like, I could have done a happy dance right there because I thought, I've changed. <laughs> because before I would have thought, what's his problem? Like, why is he being so cranky with me today? And instead it was thinking about him. Like you talked about earlier, Tina, yeah. it was thinking about him. He must be having a really bad day today. Cause that's out of character for him. Yeah. So, so I true. see what we focus on grows. And so if we focus on what is good about our partner, about our spouse, that can grow. If I focus on all the bad things, all the things that I think are wrong about him, that's going to grow in my head as opposed to in him. Isn't it amazing too, how it will manifest physically? One of the, um, actually one of the quotes that just really was profound to me being a nurse recently was how in the program that we're talking about, same one, um, Napoleon Hill says that he had interviewed this physician and the physician said that 80% of the people that came into his office had fake sicknesses because they had just manifested them in their head over and over and over and over. And I call them our spaghetti noodles. Like we start with these. If, if you're watching the video, you can see my spaghetti noodles. If you're on our podcast, I'm doing my head like a crazy person. Like, but it is like, it's all, it's like this big roller coaster in our brain of bowl of spaghetti noodles. And suddenly you're on this roller coaster and it doesn't stop and it doesn't stop and it doesn't stop. And till you say, I'm choosing to stop it. And I'm choosing to focus on the positive about my spouse. And one of the things that I find interesting, Anne, is that as a leader, oftentimes we push our employees to produce, 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 produce. And we really sometimes cost ourselves a lot more money by doing that, by not letting them prioritize our family because divorce is actually very, very expensive to an organization and it causes such damage to the individual and mentally and emotionally. And so we really need to pay attention as leaders in our organizations to make sure that we are valuing family and relationship and allowing, giving our staff permission to do so. How do you deal with that when you're dealing with the women who oftentimes their husbands can be out there. Sometimes the moms are staying home and the husband is so focused on this career that they fail to make it a priority for their families. Whatever is on the inside of a marriage is going to spill out when something bumps into it. So if 
a marriage has poor communication and they get into a place where they're feeling disconnected because somebody is working a lot of hours and not investing in the marriage, then they're not going to be able to communicate about that well. And what really needs to happen is that communication. And it's so important to think about communication as, as feelings, thoughts, and what I really, really want, or feelings, uh, yeah, and what I really, really want. So because when we share our feelings, it helps our partner to feel with us. And if we don't share our feelings, it's, it feels more like an attack and they need to get defensive then because they feel attacked. So I still remember the day when I was, we were driving down the road and it was, it, they were icy roads, Tina. And I said to him, You're, I said, I don't feel safe in the car with you when we drive this fast on icy roads. And he immediately slowed down. And I looked at him like, this is not the script. We've done this many times. Like I say, you're going too fast and you either speed up or you ignore me. And he, he looked at me and he said, I want you to feel safe with me in the car. Hmm. When we share our feelings, it helps them to get into, into the same kind of ship with us. And so it's really important that I feel part I feel and what I really really want is to go slower or what I really really want is the thing I've learned to say Tina is my husband's a farmer he works long hours and I can work long hours too because I love my work I love the people I work with but the thing I've learned to say to him is I miss you Mm. instead of that accusation of you work too much yeah I miss you and I want to be with you when can we have some time together That is so much more helpful and so much more proactive than you spend too much time at work. I never get to see you. The kids and I were lonesome. We miss you. I tried that, Tina. It doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Now you just, they feel like you're putting a guilt trip on them. Well, I'm doing it for you, right? (laughs) And then it's just this, it's this friction that's so unnecessary, Absolutely. And by the way, men are on the edge of shame. And so as soon as they hear that accusation, they tip over that edge of shame. We can't even really comprehend what that is, that shame. It's the fear of failing. And they're afraid of failing us in communication. They're afraid of failing at work. They're, they, are, they are on the edge of shame. Women are on the edge of fear, that fear of being alone. And it doesn't take much to tip us over that edge of, of being alone. And so if a man comes home and he's kind of banging things around and he's really loud, I don't know if you've ever had this, Tina, but I've wondered, what did I do? You do, you do. And there must be something wrong with me. And the reality is, no, maybe they're just in a bad mood. And I do think that sometimes we as women, because we are, we are, we do tip on that edge of fear. We think something, we automatically take responsibility for all of their emotions. And it's, we have no control over them. We only have control over ourselves. And when you come to that realization of, oh, it's not always about me. (laughs) It could be just having a really bad day has no relevance (laughs) to me. So, but instead we respond like, now, what did I do? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. know. Yeah. And sometimes I'll say to my husband, like, is everything okay here? And he'll say, yeah, I'm fine. Why? Well, you're a little noisy, but that's okay. (laughs) But that can trigger cortisol in us and it can cause us to tip over into that fear. So here's the antidote though. It's to recognize his shame and my fear. 
Mm, I like that fear and shame. So to recognize that fear. This is the work of Dr. Stephen Stosny, recognize that fear and shame. And then when we recognize it, we can actually, you know, deal with our own vulnerability, but then also get into that puddle is how Dr. Uh, Stosny talks and get into that puddle with your partner. So care about it, care about the fact that they've been triggered into shame and, you know, a, simply a touch. There are different things that work for different people, but I know for us, a, a gentle touch, it, it does, it's so healing, so incredibly healing just to know that he's in the room and that he cares about what's happening to me and for him as well. A gentle touch just works miracles to help us get back on the same page and to pop out of that fear and pop out of that shame. So it's to recognize it. It's to care about the other person's vulnerability and then to um, actually get into the puddle with them in some way. And I say, be a student of your partner, be a student of your spouse to see what does work and what doesn't do up, do more of what's working, less of what's not working. They put them as the tester. (laughs) Okay, that didn't work, but let's try this one. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And it does, sometimes it does take trial and error, you know, and it's okay. And and even if you've been married for a very, very long time, and I find um, just recently, one of the weekends we coached, it was a pastor and his wife were there and they just shared, they just had, they were so busy doing ministry that they didn't even know each other anymore. And they were two roommates and they just felt like, you know, they weren't wanting to get a divorce. They weren't wanting to, you know, end it, but they recognized they had nothing left because they had not invested in their marriage for years. And here they are, you know, serving everybody constantly pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And so I'm going to encourage you women, especially if you're out there and you're working hard and you're an entrepreneur, I know that it's really easy to get distracted with your business, but stop and pay attention, be intentional in your marriage and um, spend some time and get away. Have your two hour date, as Ann said, every week. It's so valuable to you, to your business, to your family, to the whole world. And we need to work harder to keep marriages together. And um, we're definitely not shaming or you know, say anything negative. You've been through divorce. I've been through one myself. I know how difficult it is and been through all kinds of fun stuff related to that. Um, I also know how painful it is to walk through it. And so if there's anything I could impress upon you today is to just add value to your spouse, get to know him, like Ann said, and And I know you and I talked a few minutes before we started the podcast and we were talking about your 80-20 rule Mm -hmm. as it relates to business and marriage. And I would look for you to share a little bit about that as we close out today and just share a little um, tidbit with the ladies about that. So the 80-20 rule is that when things are going well in marriage, it takes 20% of my energy. And then then I have 80% of my energy to pursue my purpose, to do the things that God's called me to do. Um, But when things are hard, when things are going difficult, when it takes it takes 80% of my energy to look after my marriage and things aren't working and it's hard and it takes a lot of time and effort, it takes a lot of thoughts. It just consumes me. And then I only have 20% left over. And so I say, do the maintenance work, 
do those five magic hours that Dr. Gottman talks about. Go on your dates, look after each other, look after, notice the vulnerability for fear and shame, fear in yourself if you're a woman and then shame for a man. Notice that and care about it and get into that puddle with your partner so that you can have more energy and more effort to do other things as well. Yeah, I love that. And investing in marriage is so powerful. And it's actually such a gift to to ourselves because when you have a healthy, happy, thriving relationship, there's just such peace that comes with it. And it is fun. It is fun to be married and it's fun to have a spouse that you adore. And um, it's just it's just a beautiful thing. And it is so much less energy than when things are not going well. So I agree with that 200%. So <laughs> And Visser, thank you so much for being with us today. And ladies, if you need some help with your marriage, Anne is available. We will have her website down below. She loves the Lord. She loves impacting women and helping them with their marriages. So reach out to Anne. And thank you again, Anne, for being with us today. And have a wonderful, blessed day. Thank you so much, Tina. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye. 